to him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his blood and made us kings and priests to God the Father. To him be all glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Today's sermon text is uh, from Matthew chapter 10. You heard it's a continuation directly of what we heard last week indeed with some of the same message if you were here with us or even if you weren't. We talked about how following Jesus is hard but simple. The hardness continues here where he says after saying you will be hated by all last week, this week, I have not come to bring peace but a sword to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. A person's enemies will be those of his own household. And then these hard words, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. But here's the line for now. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And I'll accent one more verse at the end. In Christ's name, again, kind of part two of last week's sermon. We see here now in some different terms how, how it does appear at first glance here. It is hard, it may seem impossible to, to, to follow Jesus. To get into it, I'm going to tell you something personal about this pastor. I think actually this was publicized in the little biography I, I uh, gave to the office. I'm not sure how much that got printed uh, since we started with COVID-19 and didn't have a real celebration of the pastor's arrival. But, but this pastor... Um, does have as one of his hobbies fly fishing. In fact, I was asked yesterday what my hobbies were, and I answered fly fishing, but I kind of lied because I haven't been to the Rocky Mountains to fly fish now in two years, and it's high time to get there. I've got a date with my daughter in October. Maybe we can do it then. But I do think there's something in, in fly fishing, especially a mountain stream. I don't know the name of this one. I just got this off the internet. That can show you what Jesus is saying here and elsewhere in scripture. I'm gonna bring other verses where he says similar things in, into this message. I picked that picture because that stream, whatever it is, has different kinds of currents in it. You can see there's the flats upstream there where the water is calm and then there's some riffles and rapids and you know uh, uh, little runs they call that. And that's important in fly fishing. In fact it may be the most important thing to, to, to read the water. I'm, I'm good at talking the game, but I'm not real good at doing it. I'm going to show you with a diagram today. This is a lesson in fly fishing. If you look at that diagram, imagine you were standing at the bottom of that diagram trying to cast 
across to the eddy, the swirling and more calm waters on the other side of the stream. You, you need to realize there's faster water between you and that calm water. And to present your fly to a, a, a trout in that calm eddy, you're going to have to compensate somehow because as your fly line lands on that faster water, it will pull your fly out of that calm water unnaturally. Believe it or not, the trout knows. He can see that your fly is being pulled through the water and not a natural float. Similarly, if you were on the, the, the upper side of that stream trying to cast into the faster waters across the eddy and your fly line landed on that eddy, it would pull back your fly with drag and the trout actually can see that in the water and refuse your fly. It is maybe the most important thing in, in, in fly fishing presentation of the fly. People spend lots of money, and I have too, for all kinds of fancy fly rods and waders and boots and, 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 and all kinds of flies. My daughter one time in Jackson, Wyoming, saw a t-shirt she didn't buy for me. It was too expensive, actually, and that was the point. Amongst all the expensive things in that hoity-toity fly shop, there was a shirt that said, Money can't buy presentation. <laughs> the way your fly looks in the proper current is most important. And it is in our life with Christ to the sermon title today, Cross Currents, to know the currents of, of the cross. The cross is emphasized here, and I, I use this to springboard to other scriptures Jesus here emphasizes that someone must take up his cross and follow me. It is one of three times I've found in the Gospels where Jesus emphasized this and one of the times it's repeated. It's, it's here as he's sharing the, the, the hard truths of following him. It means a cross. It means suffering. It means imitating him as you follow. That can be hard, even divisions in your family. We need to expect opposition, we heard last week, hated by all in the world. Personal pain and suffering. Unexplained problems. You are called to follow carrying that, that cross. And the essence of it, I think, is in the, the one instance where Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record, it's in Matthew 16, Mark 8, Luke chapter 9, too. He adds the word daily, daily take up your cross. It's when Peter had confessed, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But then as Jesus went on to predict that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the chief priest, and be killed, crucified, then be raised. I guess Peter didn't hear that. Peter said, no, Lord, it'll never happen to you. And, and Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. You have your mind on the things of men, not on the things of God. And then he went on to say in Matthew chapter 16, almost this exact same thing. 
If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's the essence of it. It is turning away from yourself to Christ and his cross and burying him. It is fundamental, a fundamental description of following Jesus that you bear his cross, basically, in imitation of him. And again, same message as last week. That is hard. Indeed, it would be impossible. But thank God for the cross currents. Because the cross actually draws you to do this. Jesus says here, Who, whoever does not take his cross and follow me, according to this translation, but they left out a word from the original language. Whoever does not take his cross and follow behind me. It's important, I believe, using other scriptures. The first time Jesus used that phrase, follow me, was when he called his first disciples by the Sea of Galilee, Matthew chapter 4, Mark chapter 1. And there his words are recorded, not even with the word follow. He basically said, come. It's actually kind of an interjection. Yo. <laughs> That's the email I'm sending after this. Yo, after me is all that's recorded. It's not as if we, you know, develop things. Okay, now I'm going to follow Jesus. It's a natural flow. As, as, as you are drawn by the cross, we have a hymn that sings that, right? Drawn to the cross, drawn by the cross, drawn with the cross. As... As its current moves you after him, behind him. And so the key is to get in that current. To focus on the cross. That was Peter's problem a few days later. When instead of looking at Christ's suffering and resurrection for him, he was thinking only of earthly things. It's our problem when we hold on to our sin, trying to solve it ourselves, right? You do that too? Instead of flowing to the cross. There is an absolute call here from Jesus. It's not as if we can drag behind a little bit of our sin and solutions. No, all of it goes there. As we confess in our worship liturgies, it actually needs to be a good discipline. As if you think you're not confessing, flowing all your sin to the cross is to tell it to someone else. Confess your sins one to another, James writes. Actually reveal it and share it and get it into the flow. And there at the cross, it is washed away by the blood of Jesus. The same thing happens as we get dragged, drugged, dragged <laughs> into the cares of this world, maybe worries, maybe especially looking at death and this world's end. 
We've got to get into the flow of the cross and there realize Jesus conquered the condemnation we deserve and the death that would result and we flow with them. Notice the cross in most instances in our church, not always, but often is empty. He flowed through that death and damnation and so shall you. And as you do, you follow Jesus as you're focused on the cross. The Apostle Paul, in what I believe is his first letter, Galatians, wrote, May I never boast except in the cross of my Lord Jesus Christ, right? Through whom I've been crucified in the world also. There he was focused on the cross for, for his salvation, for the hearers in Galatia. Years later, in a later letter, he continued it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he tells the people there when he was among them, I was determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He was focused on the cross. I quoted it in last Sunday's sermon, the hymn we sang at a funeral. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. That was the message last week, again this week, maybe every week. And we focus on the cross and he pulls us along. It is not original with this pastor. Joining Jesus on his mission mentions following Jesus. We just follow him as his cross does its work of redemption, salvation, sanctification, and power and glory. It does draw us. I will share today a second personal note about this pastor that hasn't, oh, maybe it has been published. Um, I enjoy classic movies. In fact, the default channel on our TV, it better be buffering when I come home so that I can rewind and watch what I've missed if I haven't recorded, is TCM, Turner Classic Movies. And there is a movie that I think shows this. Jesus says at the end of our text, whoever gives one of these little ones even, even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. There is water mentioned in this text. <laughs> Giving a cup of cold water shows you're following the cross. In other words, Jesus says, you may know this movie, Ben-Hur, 1959, won 11 Academy Awards. At the end, Ben-Hur, the main character, is following behind the cross of Christ. His mother and sister want Jesus as the cure for their leprosy. And as he follows, most of you know this scene, Jesus falls. Ben-Hur, and self-centered most of his life changes or lives what was growing in his heart. Simon carries Christ's cross. That's in the Bible. This isn't what the message is. Notice the look. Charlton Heston realizes in that moment the face of Jesus 
he recognizes for him as he serves others. That's because earlier in the movie there was this scene. Charlton Heston persecuted by the Romans in slavery wanting a drink of water and being refused. Whether you've seen the movie or not, you know what's going to happen. God, help me. Christ, God, help me. And in Galilee, again, not in the Bible, Jesus has come to you. We heard this on Pentecost. Whoever is thirsty, Jesus said, let him come to me and drink. From him shall flow then rivers of living water. Indeed. Follow his cross current. <laughs> 